Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. First of all, I need to just repent and ask for the Lord's forgiveness because this podcast is supposed to be a daily podcast and I haven't been faithful with that which the Lord has committed into my hands. And even though there was a, in quotes, good reason at some point for health reasons, but I'm much better now, much, much better. And that was months ago, and I still haven't gotten back my rhythm. But anyways, here I am. So I'm asking for the Lord's forgiveness. And Father, help me to get back to this daily rhythm and not to get over myself and just, you know, do that which you have committed for me to do. And um, so today I'm just going to do something very, just really talk really about some of, some of the things that I've been reflecting in my mind and scriptures and all that. And I think some days ago, this particular scripture that I'm going to read now sort of came into my mind and my heart, and I was just musing over it, mulling over it, you know, the way we do with the Lord and all that. And um, he was saying to me, I mean, this was Revelations 12. This, um, the verse I'm referring to is Revelations 12, verse 11. And it says, Actually, Revelation still told there was a lot going on in this particular chapter. And a lot of it is talking about, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Some things maybe have happened in the past. Revelation is just funny like that, you know. It will jump from the past to the present to the future. So it's very difficult to interpret because you don't really know, okay, when is this happening? Has it happened already? But some things you can sort of guess that, oh, this doesn't seem like it has happened, you know, and all that. Some things look like, okay, they've happened. And then, you know, so anyways this 12 has all of it it has past things it has probably present things and it has a lot of futuristic things in it as well so anyways it says that there was a he's talking about the war in heaven when you start reading from verse 7 it says michael that's angel michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels of course we know who that dragon was and it says it you know their place was no they didn't find any more place for them in heaven they were cast out so this looks like one of those things that have happened in the past because Jesus did mention in the book of Luke chapter 10 that he beheld Satan fall as lighting out of heaven. So this looks like something that happened in the past, dateless past perhaps. So anyways, I want to um, focus on verse 10 when he now says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So this verse 11, they overcame him, that's they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and that they loved not their lives unto the death. Now this verse is similar to a verse in the book of John where John talked about three who bear witness upon the earth the blood the water and the spirit so this verse mentions and that water is actually referring to the word because normally you talk about um, washing of water by the blood um, washing of water by the word sorry mm-hmm. so this is mentions two of the three of those witnesses which are also mentioned in the first book of John but what struck me and what I was musing on and what me and the Lord were having a conversation about is this last part of verse 11 where it says, 
and they did not love their own lives unto the death and you, you know what this verse is doing and this happens a lot in bibles is where in the bible verses is where god is describing layers of the same thing so he says the accuser of our brethren so the brethren overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb they also overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony so the word of the witness of christ the word of god was part of what they overcame the devil with so the blood gave them the opportunity to be able to stand against the devil the word was the sword that they used to actually attack him and to defeat him but it now says this third thing so three things were described in this verse as the how would i say the victory the things that made it possible for the brethren of christ which is the children of god to overcome the devil and bear in mind these are physical men and women fighting against a spiritual being and in verse 11 the loud voice in heaven is explaining to the audience whoever is listening how these natural mortal men manage to overcome this evil dragon um, you know spiritual this old serpent called the devil that deceives the entire world and it says they overcame it so the blood of jesus was what made it first of all possible to even be able to even attempt that kind of contention the blood provided the access the ability for us you know the blood of the lamb praise god thank you jesus for that but the word was the sword that these people use now this last one i have never understood this verse and it says and in love not their lives unto the death when you read it you'll be wondering how what is the context of that to the fact that they overcame well i used to interpret it and read it to mean that okay they were very dedicated you know they they were just you know sold out to god they didn't really care about their lives on earth so because of that commitment they were able to really really get into the things of god to such a level that they could you know they walked in the word of god they were able they were on fire for god and that's the context in which i have interpreted this verse before now but recently and i'm and i think that is still correct but recently god gave me a deeper meaning I mean, not even say maybe not a deeper meaning, but he gave me, and he expanded it a bit more for me. Let me let me use it. Let me um, say it that way. And he said, "There's a scripture somewhere else that says the fear of death brings a snare. Another scripture that says fear has torment. Another scripture says." It was the fear that is the fear of death that came. Um, I think that scripture that says, "For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that He may destroy the works of the evil one." And then I think another verse that goes somewhere to say that it is the fear of death that has kept man in bondage. That that fear of death is what the devil uses to keep us in bondage. So the Lord now made me realize, by the time I connected, he helped me connect those three verses together, which I will have to go and look for and put in the description after recording this. Connecting all those three scriptures, talking about one that says, fear has torment, that says um, that Jesus Christ came to deliver men who, um, through the fear of death, were always subject, through um, because of the fear of death, were always subject to bondage throughout their lifetime. I think it's in the book of Romans. That was the way that was described. And it talks about the torment of fear. 
So apparently, the only reason is not only the blood of the blood of lamb was the fundamental reason why they were able to stand against the devil. The word of their testimony was the reason why they could overcome him. But I mean, they were able to come against him and attack him. But the final thing that made them overcome him, like overcoming victory, give them overcoming victory, was that the fear of death, they did not have it. So this scripture says they did not love their lives unto the death. And when you say that, it's like, okay, yes, I didn't like my, uh, you know, my life here. I was not emotionally invested in things on this earth, you know. So I looked at this place as just a passageway onto a, a higher life. But what the Lord was making me understand is that these people also did not have the fear of death. Therefore, the usual snares that the enemy will use to deceive people, even when he was deceiving Adam and Eve in the garden, it was the fear of death that he used to get Eve to eat the apple. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because I never looked at it that way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. It was the fear of death. Honestly, I've never thought about that before, but that's really what happened. The Holy Spirit just chipped that in right now. Is the fear of death because he said to um, Eve, Eve said, Oh, Father, thank you. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because he said to Eve, He said, Eve said, Did God really say that if you eat the fruit of this tree, you know, that something will happen to you? Ah. Then Eve said, Look, oh, God said that if we eat of this fruit, that we find we should not even touch it, that in the day we touch it, we will surely die. Then the serpent said, No, you will not die. That it is, you know, in fact, God knows that this tree is good for food and it is a tree to make you wise. So, you know, if you eat it to make you wise. So, she, it was the fear of death, the, the, the whole conversation that the serpent had with Eve was around death or no death. Eve was afraid of dying. She was believing that if she ate that fruit, she would no longer die. She would be wise. The, 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 um, oh my goodness. Oh, Father, Holy Spirit. I never, that's, that's exactly what happened. She actually thought it would, she, she was going to relieve herself from, you know, that, that fear of death. She thought she wouldn't, you know, she wanted immortality. She wanted never to be subject to death. Unfortunately, the devil now deceived her into eating what, made her and every generation till date now subject to the fear of death from that day on of course fear came into the garden of eden when god then came into the garden and was looking for them they went and they hid themselves what were they afraid of they were afraid of repercussion they were afraid of their losing something in their lives on earth so i'm beginning to realize and this is something that i can't fully explain on this podcast because it the reason why god was able to help me understand this is because he'd also some conversations that he had had with me on certain things and i'm now beginning to realize that you cannot it is difficult i can't even see any scenario that will make somebody overcome the devil the way this verse describes it if you are somebody or if I am somebody that still loves my life on this earth more than I love the word of God, I love it. In fact, so long as I still love my life on this earth, it's not possible for me to overcome the devil in the way this, this verse describes. It's not possible. 
because what this revelation 12 11 is describing is people who lived in such a they lived according to such a higher purpose the purpose of the gospel of christ that the devil was he had nothing there was he had nothing to hold on to in their lives so i think what god is telling us here and this is that you know there, is, there are several Bible, uh, scriptures that tell us that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith so we know that faith we know that the word of god there is no way you can not i mean the word of god is the sword of the spirit ephesians 6 teaches us that and we are told to put on the whole armor of god and in that entire armor everything is defensive the only offensive weapon that we have is the word of god the word of god is exalted above all things god upholds all things by the word of his power so we know certainly and we are told in the book of first john that three things that bear witness upon the earth the word the blood and the spirit fine so we know that the word of the testimony the word of the gospel of christ we cannot do without it god has said it we also know that the blood of Jesus is what made it possible. The Bible says the blood of um, the eternal blood of Jesus purged our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The only reason why I can even have access by faith into the grace of God wherein I stand and rejoice of his in his glory is because Jesus Christ died. It's because his blood was shed upon this earth. And honestly, I think we need to do a musing just talking about the blood of Jesus because I think that in its own is such a powerful thing. And then we um then we then this this last verse that says and they love not their lives unto the death. So they eventually did die. I mean these people as we know they're not they were not physically immortal, they did die eventually. But it says that until they died, they were not afraid they did not love their lives. Now they did not love their lives. God is explaining to me that it's not just that they did not love their lives, they did not fear death. They didn't fear death. Because this life was nothing to them. In fact, the more I love my earthly life, the more afraid of death I am likely to be, of leaving this place I'm likely to be. So these people were completely heavenly minded. Is it possible? I mean, I ask you this question. Do you think it's possible to overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb? And by the word of his test, uh, um, testimony of God, if I still love this world, is it possible? I don't think it's possible. I mean, if I love my life, he's not even talking about this world. If I love my life, they didn't have the fear of death. They didn't love their lives because really to love your life and this is like what jesus said that he that loses my, um, his life for my sake will save it and that saving doesn't necessarily mean that the person will not die or that the person will not be his life will not be cut short in some terrible way or he will not be persecuted or killed or martyred for the kingdom what he's saying is that even if they lose their physical lives on earth as in really really lose it like loss of life they will save it in the world to come and if losing lives, so for some people, losing their lives will be losing friendships, losing social status, losing the earthly possessions that they had, or social standing or recognition, that sort of thing. But for some people, it will actually be the loss of life. So some people will lose material wealth, some people will lose social standing, some people will actually lose their physical lives. But whatever the loss of life is, 
God, Jesus is saying that everything that we lose for his sake, we would have saved. If we lose everything that we lose in terms of the quality and the value of our lives, it will be an exchange for the saving of that same life in the world to come. But with the most important thing, what is really striking me here is this, they love not their lives until the death. So what it meant, and, and that's why a number of the, I believe this is why a number of the apostles were martyred because they didn't care about their lives on this earth. And I think that this is, um, you know, I, this is something, you, you, I mean, many people may not agree with me, but I do think, I think that there's a level of discipleship with the Lord that is impossible. If you still have, if I still have the fear of death in me, is I can't walk with God in a certain way. I, I won't even come close. I think that discipleship and fear of God, I mean, fear of death, fear of losing my life, I don't think that it's compatible. I, you know, I just don't think, and yeah. And Jesus is saying this as a virtue. He's describing this as a virtue in verse 11. The fact that they did not love their lives unto the death. I think maybe I should even read this in another version and see what another, how another version describes this. They didn't love their lives unto the death. That means, yes, no, they didn't, they were not, I mean, they didn't love their lives. Their, their lives on earth meant nothing. They were, I mean, if they had to, if, if, if preaching of the gospel meant put them in harm's way, so be it. If preaching of the gospel made them lose their lives, so be it. Why were they like that? They did absence of fear. They were not afraid of death. They were not afraid of crossing to the other side. They were not afraid of physical death. They did not have the fear of death. And Jesus warned us. I think in Matthew 20, in some of the math, in, in one of the chapters in Matthew, he said, we should not be afraid of the people that all they can do is just kill the body. After they've killed the body, there's nothing more that they can do. That includes the devil and all of his courts. Because honestly, that's the worst thing he can do, is to torment. The final thing is to orchestrate a series of events that lead to the physical death of a human being. Finish, that's all. He has, he has no mandate. God is the only one that determines after we leave this body where each person stays. God has the ability to bring the natural life to an end and then take the soul, eternal soul, and put it in a very nasty place. He also has the ability to ensure that that soul goes into a place of rest. The devil doesn't determine any of that. So Jesus said that we should not be afraid of both the physical people and their spiritual backers who all they know how to do is end and waste the lives of people. And why does this Jesus say this? He says this because he knows that it doesn't end here on this earth. And I think that's why verse 11 talks about this class of really, how would I say, remarkable children of God who understood this and they lived on earth as though they were in heaven, which is why heaven declares them and speaks of them in such glowing terms in this very remarkable chapter in the book of revelation so i'll just leave it at this point because again like i said most of these musings in fact all of these musings we don't conclude on anything that's why it's called musings they're not teachings they're not you know it's just we exploring concepts in the word of god and trying to understand it trying to make sense of it what is it really saying what is it speaking to me what experiences have i had that 
you know what kind of meaning and understanding is god bringing to this i find this really fascinating so i think we'll muse a bit more on this again as time presents itself so thank you very much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen